Thank you. But, yeah, I need a I need a step stool up here. Hey, where's my step stool? I, you know. Thank you for all encouragement, gentlemen and ladies and kids back there. I appreciate it. Well, welcome this morning. My name is Taylor Malone, and uh, I'm a member of this church. I've been coming here about two years now, and it's my privilege to speak to you guys this morning. Um, this is something I never thought would happen again, uh, and I'm going to go through that today. Um, so I want to start out this morning and ask, does anybody know what, I want to say it right, what Kintsugi is? No? Jared, you're looking on my, you're looking on my slides. All right. So Kintsugi is a Japanese art that repairs broken pottery and embraces the imperfections. Sometimes our lives might feel like fragile pottery. So this is us. Did you read my sermon? Okay. This is us. All right. So I'm going to put us in the bag. It's a magic trick. Okay. And this is the world. What? Okay. I, I think Tony should come up and have to hold this, and I'll hit it out of his hand. Okay. And some, sometimes this is what happens. That was not supposed to open, but that's okay. It's cool. We'll, we'll make it work. Okay. So we're just going to leave that there for a minute, all right? We're going to come back to that. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to happen. So. Oh, well. So it seems like a disaster right now, but there is beauty and brokenness. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about David this morning. David was anointed by God to become king of Israel. God called him a man after his own heart. And he had a credible plan for David's life. He even told David about these incredible plans that he had set out for him. And David was on board. He was ready for the things that God had for him. David started out well. And he was walking in God's promise as he was supposed to be, and as God had promised him. There are over 60 chapter, chapters in the Bible dedicated to David's life. So that's, that's a lot. He is obviously an important person to God and in the Bible. David is probably best known for two things. The first one, which was the greatest one, is for what we call the Goliath moment. We all know that story where David and Goliath you learned it when you're younger. If you're older and you learned it now, it's one of the first stories you learn in the Bible. Go to the next slide. We all know the story of the small shepherd boy who defeated the giant. 
uh, with just a slingshot. We also know that he didn't do that on his own. With help from God, who had favor and protection over him. In 1 Samuel 17.37 says um, that David tells Saul and the rest of the army, who was scared of Goliath, by the way, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. David was walking with God, right? He was doing it. He had some crazy faith. I mean, I just imagine what, how that picture would look. I like to visualize pictures of the Bible in my mind. And I was like, I'm a short guy, you know, I'm probably a little below average. Um, but I just think, like, I stand next to some of my friends in the church, and I'm just like, man, yeah, Scott's, Scott's pretty tall, fella. And I just look up at him, you know, physically, you know, no, no, no other way. But, and I'm just thinking, like, Goliath was even bigger than that. So I can imagine how, how David was feeling at the time. Um, now I lost my spot. Sorry. Um, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. So the uh, so David was walking with God, and he had this crazy faith. David was um, nothing if not a great advocate for the Lord. So, I wanted to be like David. I've been in church my whole life. I was, I think, like two days after I was born, I was in church. So I was fortunate. Um, and I've always felt called to the service of God in some way or some form. I come from a legacy of people who have loved and served the Lord, my grandparents, my grandma, um, my parents. Um, but my grandparents have served in the church for over probably six, 50, 60 years now. Um, anywhere from my grandpa started out preaching on the street corners in New York City the day after he became a Christian. So I have that lineage. And they're in their 80s, and they're still serving the Lord. They're still, my grandpa still preaches from time to time. My grandma ministers in such a passionate way, and it's, it's just it's amazing to see them in their mid-80s, still doing it. So it was my desire to formally fulfill that call of God in my life. So I took all the classes, and I completed all the courses. And in 2019, I became a credentialed minister with um, Open Bible Churches. Yeah, that was wonderful. It was great. So at that time, my wife, Randy, and I, my wonderful wife, she's like the love of my heart right there, front row, I tell her not to embarrass me every time she goes up on stage um, to sing, so that's kind of the relationship. Yeah, it's my turn. She didn't say it to me this morning. That's why she's better than I am. So so I was walking in the promise that God had laid out, be, laid out for me. So that was my greatest Goliath moment. Now let's get back to David for a minute. Because earlier I told you that David was famous for two things in the Bible. And while we know the first one was something great, it was his Goliath moment, the second thing that made him famous wasn't so great because David's sin had derailed him. And the Goliath moment quickly became the Bathsheba blunder. Yeah. 
David was following the Lord, and during that time, he continued to have victories in war, success as a leader, so much so that he became king of Israel. But just like God had said, he would be back in 1 Samuel. But David didn't stay connected to God. And that was the biggest downfall. Instead, he allowed his sin to take control, and it all started with one glance. That one glance. David was on the rooftop, probably something he had done a million times. But this time he saw a married woman named Bathsheba bathing on the rooftop. And instead of doing what was right by looking away, looking away and getting out of there, David lingered. Have you ever just lingered a little bit too long? Yeah. Not good. Thank you, Dini. <laughs> so, and in temptation, it usually doesn't end too well when we do those type of things. And this definitely didn't end well for David. That momentary glance turned into a lingering one. And that lingering glance will find you. Because sin has consequences, and they don't stay hidden. And Grandma's right, both for David and for myself. In 2021, my life just like this, like these pieces here, they weren't supposed to fall out of the bag, but that's part of life, right? Things don't go away, go the way you plan them. Okay. You have these pieces. And this is how my life started to turn out. I don't want to pull all of them out. Um, and everything about my life got smashed to pieces. And it was my fault. And I admit it was my fault. I had been struggling with a deep sin in my life for a long time. I struggled with an addiction to pornography and had major issues with lust. I was good at hiding this, this sin and this addiction. But going back to what my grandma always says, your sin will find you. The consequences of your sin will always find you. This is because the devil lies in wait for the opportunity to take you out. Or rather to, than to get you to take yourself out with your sin. And 1 Peter 5.8 tells us specifically that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And despite knowing that, and despite walking in his promises for my life, my addiction and my thoughts led to a mor moral failure that left me exposed by my sin. Sin will always find us, and it will always cost you something. It always does. And if it hasn't yet, it's probably coming soon. And it's usually more than we want to pray, than we want to pay for. For me, I lost my credentials with Open Bible. I lost my ministry. I lost friends and mentors. I lost my church family. I lost respect of my actual family. I lost the trust of my wife. And my choices ne negatively impacted my kids who had their normal ripped away from them. 
knowing I had lost all of these things and that my sin was the cause of these major disruptions in our life, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I fell into a deep depression and felt like it had no end. There was darkness there. I didn't think I'd ever find a way out. I hated myself. I hated my sin. I lost my entire sense of worth and my value. I felt that I had lost God. I felt that because of my sin and my actions, I wasn't even worthy to be in his presence. I felt like the grossest, worst, most unlovable, undeserving person that ever existed. And I couldn't imagine how God could ever care for me, let alone use me ever again. I was broken. I have to imagine that King David felt the same way. After Bathsheba and having her husband killed, God spoke through the prophet Nathan to give David a message. And that message laid it out pretty plainly in 2 Samuel 12, 7 through 9. It says, I chose you to be the king of Israel. I saved you from Saul. I let you take his family and his wives, and I have made you king of Israel and Judah. As if that had not been enough, I would have given you more and more. So why did you ignore my commands? Why did you do what I say is wrong? And in verse 12, God says, I am bringing trouble against you. This trouble will come from your own family. David's sin was going to bring him consequences. He was going to face difficult times, trials, and sadness because of what he had done. In the same way, I've experienced those same things because of my sin. And David did that as well. But God still had a plan for David. And you gotta, you got to see here that God still had a plan. doesn't matter what you did. He still has a plan. I don't cry this much. Sorry. After losing my credentials, my position, and having to leave our former church, we ended up here at West Des Moines Open Bible. It's be, It's funny now when I look back on it because in that time immediately after what had happened all I wanted to do was hide I didn't want to be seen I didn't want to see anybody I didn't want to be with God because I was sure he didn't want to be with me I wanted to hide from church I wanted to hide from friendships I wanted to hide from the world and yet God moved us to the one church where he knew none of that hiding was going to be possible West Des Moines, Open Bible, and you guys in this church were one of the biggest ways that God spoke to me during this time when I stopped speaking to him. Despite my attempt to remain distant, which didn't work real well, and to continue struggling in my depression and my self-loathing, God placed us in this church. And that was to remind me that no matter what, I wasn't alone. Even more powerful to me was that even though 
people who knew my story continued to love me when I couldn't love myself or believe that God could love me. This church family encouraged me and reminded me that there was still hope, that God still had a plan for me and for my family. Just like it's like God still had a plan for me, he also still had a plan for David, didn't he? He knew that he had messed up big time, and he knew that the only way out was to ask God for help. In Psalms 51, 7 through 12, it says, it gives us a picture of what David's sincere repentance was. And it says, purify me from my sin, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of our salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Yeah, amen. David was broken down by this sin and its consequences. They hit him hard, publicly, I'm sure, and aggressively. And it was probably pretty awful. I know it was for me. But the amazing thing that God about God is that he doesn't desire to leave us broken. He wants us to forgive us and to pull our sin away from us. His desire is for us to be whole, not to be broken. Through him. His desire is to redeem us and to restore us. Not just to our former glory, but to the fullness of what he has for us. So I started talking about Kintsugi, the Japanese art of repairing pottery. And the cool thing about this art form is that they don't just glue things back together like no big deal. They put them back together by using gold. They do this because the understanding is the object is more beautiful because it well, it had been broken. Just like the art of Kintsugi, God repairs the brokenness of our lives and he puts us back together. So we attempted to do this. And it it kind of looks like it. Okay, we're going to we'll pretend it looks like what's on stage. <laughs> Randy did a great job. Randy did a great job. So it's shiny and yeah, it looks it looks it looks better than the other one laying on the floor. So we're going to go with that. <laughs> so they do this because um, it's more beautiful, obviously. The gold lines tell us that the story of our brokenness and God's faithfulness to put us back together. Church, God wants to put us back together today. So maybe you feel like your sin has crushed you. Maybe you feel like the world is crushing you and you're breaking underneath it all. Maybe you already feel like you're broken and there are just pieces of you on the floor. I want to tell you today that there is still hope. God still has a plan and he still has a desire to pick up those pieces and put them back together one by one to redeem and to restore you and to make you more whole and more beautiful than you were before. And at this time, 
like we don't have instruments playing. Uh, Lola had to get out of here. But if you feel like you need that type of prayer over your life today, um, I'd like to encourage you guys to come up. Um, I just want to kind of close in prayer. But if you feel like you need that in your life, if you're broken and you need those pieces put back together, I'd like to offer you a time to come up and we'll pray over you. Um, I think it's important to do that for our church. And we all make mistakes. And we got to learn from them. And we got to trust in God that he has us. So if you feel that way, come on up. I'm going to do a closing prayer. If you need to get out of here, I understand. Um, if you want to just stay and come up for prayer, we'll pray for you at the end. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for just your willingness to work with broken people, to heal us. And this church does that. We come here broken, and you help us get our pieces put back together. And it's not always fun. It's not pleasant. But, Lord, you pursue us here. And I thank you for the heart of this church and the people in this church. And, Lord, as, as we grow and we learn from you, and um, I just pray that you would send people to speak directly to us. Because we don't need to stay broken anymore. We have God. We have you to come in and to lift us up when we're down. And you have planted people in this church to help us through that. And Lord, this week as we go, Lord, I pray that just the message that you gave me would stir in people's lives. And that if they feel that brokenness and that sin that they're in, Lord, that they would reach out. Lord, I pray that you would send people out to, to search them out, to talk to them about that. Lord, I just thank you for this time today and to be just in your presence. Lord, be with us this week as we go. In Jesus' name.